Welcome back to the Luminous Podcast. I'm Father Chad Jarnigan. Going to lead us through the Eucharist, talking through the undercurrents and much of the meaning of what we practice at Luminous Parish each week. Stay tuned because I believe that you're going to be intrigued. I'll begin with a quote from Callistus Ware, the Orthodox Bishop. We see that it is not the task of Christianity to provide easy answers to every question, but to make us progressively aware of a mystery. God is not so much the object of our knowledge as the cause of our wonder. This can be found in the Orthodox Way, a book written by Bishop Ware. Several years ago when I read this, this quote encapsulated so much of what I could not put into words. Understanding that the Eucharist is not something that happens instantaneously. There's too much to unpack. There's an ancient liturgy and narrative laced with scripture and spirit and sacrament. See, liturgy is participation, not simply observation. If we get off track with the liturgy, don't worry. Just relax in the moment and make yourself peacefully present and alert to the Spirit. Allow yourself to be immersed in the community around you in song, prayer, word, and silence. Henry Nowen writes, You don't think your way into a new kind of living. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. One would argue that this is even an underlying support of liturgical practice. See, we seem to think about the Eucharist as something that we do, but it is more. Justin Martyr doesn't describe a Christ who lived in the past in a far-off land, disconnected from the reality and context. He is describing what happens every time we worship and anywhere we worship. We encounter the true presence of God in the true presence of Christ as disciples on their road to Emmaus. See, this should help us see worship in a different light. 
as Christ is always known in the breaking of the bread. We have 1,800 years of evolution of the church, and though we have many different families of the Eucharist, essentially all of them bear the early form of the church. Patterns are found in the Orthodox Church, Catholic and Anglican, or Lutheran streams, and so forth. Eucharisto, Greek verb, means to give thanks. That's where we get the Eucharist, or the great thanksgiving. It is supposed to be understood over time. We do have to understand that it takes our attention, reason, and some investment. You will be disappointed if you are simply an observer or a consumer. See, the modern church has a dilemma that few want to admit. The future of the church has to be tethered to the past. The further the church has walked away from the great liturgy of the ancient church, it has crippled its spiritual formation, discipleship, and truly its sanctification. Now we could get off on tangents of all of these topics, but to keep us on point, I'll keep us moving, that we see the effects of our lessening and lessening of reverence and sacramental living. It's all around us. So the structure that we have in place now has essentially been in place since 155 AD. And some would even argue that it actually goes back to Christ's Last Supper with his disciples on the night that he was betrayed and handed over to suffering and death. Our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and he took the cup and he instructed us in the Eucharist. It's fascinating also to understand Christ's first miracle was turning water into wine at a banquet feast, a wedding feast. And the night he was betrayed, instructing his disciples, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me with the bread and the wine. And how he was known in the breaking of the bread after his resurrection. His disciples did not know him. He even stood among them. And they were only awakened to this being their Christ when he broke the bread. So it seems so much of what we do these days is philosophize about our differences and how we should reform this and reform that and become something new and shiny because the old has lost its luster. We just keep creating new things, which essentially are new plates to spin 
and new wheels to create. Creating more problems, more frustrations, more fatigue, and more hoops to jump through. And I believe the modern church believes that it is doing people and humanity a favor by simplifying some things and making things more relevant as far as our approach and our production side of it. But in all reality, it is doing more harm because it's lost its saturation of holiness, of otherness, of reverence. My introduction in this episode to the Eucharist is this. Our walk, our devotion, our life falls into the realm of the holy. And it seems like we do everything in our power to make things more casual and more accessible and relaxed. With potentially good intent. But unfortunately, the jury is in. And it has been doing more harm than good. Many of us are looking for a grounding and a centering back into the story, the great narrative of Scripture, where Christ is center. So just for the next few moments, I'm going to start. I'm going to do a couple episodes on this, but the first is kind of the walk-through introduction and the walk-through into our liturgy. Where things can be found in the Book of Common Prayer, that's our liturgy. And the liturgy, liturgia, truly means the work of the people. Again, it's not something that we watch as spectators. We are all participants. We are all doing the work. The purpose of worship is biblical, in the biblical sense of sanctification. This is an immersion, it's a dedication and a christening launching process is what it truly means where the leading and promptings of the spirit guide us into our worship and our way of life we begin with the salutation the very beginning blessed be God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever We are being reminded of the why in which we are here together to praise and glorify God. Everything should be focused on this alone. It has truly been distorted over time. And then there's the collects, collect of purity. This is designed to, as a prayer of the people, notice that the collect asks for God to be present among us. It is a beginning of our posture. 
And typically there's an act of praise here where there's a song that reminds us of why and who we are focusing on. And I'll say before continuing, it's interesting how there is a bit of a blend of horizontal and vertical response happening. We we do talk about God to one another. We pro- proclaim and we express things to one another. But there's also a vertical portion of our focus. And when we get to the table, it even changes again in focus. And all is Eucharistic prayers to God the Father. After the act of praise, we continue with the collect of the day. Granted, all of this is more of a traditional sense. And the collect of the day is a prayer that's focused. It's themed for that specific day of wherever we are in the calendar. We should have our attention on something Instead of having a misconception about the routine of liturgy, this continues to focus us in the current moment. And we go on to the readings of Scripture, the lessons, if you will. There's usually an Old Testament psalm, an epistle reading, and the gospel. Sometimes you can simplify them and only do one, two, or three of them, but you're always going to do the gospel. That is the focus of our narrative. This is in a three-year cycle. The Book of Common Prayer appoints for every Sunday in the lectionary, while the daily office is our daily rhythm. The Old Testament and the New Testament typically has a unifying factor. And sometimes you're really surprised by this each week. It's funny. And there's a sacramental quality happening as well. The way we treat Scripture is different than the way we flippantly handle other pieces of literature. The sacramental quality continually nourishes us by the Spirit. God has the capacity of speaking with us while in his presence. The sermon or the homily should typically address God's covenant people, God's devoted in a simple way of teaching. It is a proclamation of the word more than a 45-minute keynote. From there, we move into preparation. We should prepare ourselves for worship. Not whip him to church, tired, unprepared, and all out of sorts. Which is typical, especially if you have children. And we move into the creed. Usually the Nicene or the Apostles' Creed. It's not a laundry list of different types of creeds. They're very focused. 
It's a praise and a unifying stance together in community. We move on to the prayers of the people. Find this to be a wonderful guide and path of prayer life. We tend to form an unhealthy prayer life of self-centricness if we don't have perspective. Looking around our world, our community, our church body, how do we intercede? How are we mindful of the things around us to steward lives to lift up, people to love on? And then we move into a confession time together. Confession of sin is a discipline. It's countercultural and involves humility and honest ownership of our humanity. It's a beautiful space to continually allow ourselves to be confronted by the truth that we don't always do what we should do, love how we should love, and live how we could or should live. And traditionally there, at the end of the confession, there's an absolution where we are sinners, but we are forgiven. And we're reminded of that forgiveness. We aren't to beat ourselves up and shame ourselves over and over again. But this process of confession leads us to a remembering that whose we are and why we have been given grace and mercy and life. Then there's an exchanging of the peace because at this point we have a peace to share. It's not a time of introducing ourselves or welcoming or high-fiving about a ball game. It is truly, Paul tells us, to greet one another with a holy kiss. And for all of our introverts, this can be relaxed and so instead of kissing we pass the peace the lord's peace be with you and you respond and also with you we are truly hoping that one another would catch and receive peace in our life no matter where we are it is the peace of christ At this point, we're going to wait and begin the liturgy of the table, which is going to lead us through portions of the Eucharist in its oldest and most traditional forms. And will lead us to the sending next week. Thanks for joining us on the Luminous Podcast. If you are in the Nashville or Franklin area, you are always welcome to be with us on Sundays. We gather in downtown Franklin at Generations Church. You can find us at LuminousParish.com. May the peace of our great God be with you. And I pray that you can share this peace with everyone that you meet. 